All right. Yeah, there's French toast at the table. Go sit. Micah, can you hand me the the Easter cards? Because I don't want them to get muckety-muck. Thank you. But we have a lot of them. Well, there was one for each of you. All right. Um, <clears throat> it's season two, episode 66. Did you sleep all right, Micah? Good. Um, it's April 19th. I cannot believe it. Jubilee is seven months today, guys. Happy birthday to Jubilee. Seven months today. So cute. She's so cute. Um, we're going to worship the Lord with Psalms 51, Luke 14, Amos 2, and Proverbs 19. Oh, it's kind of a rainy off and on week here and it seems to let up in the afternoon so just because we have a rainy morning doesn't mean that we have a whole rainy day and I am thanking the Lord that it does let up although it's supposed to rain again and truly be rainy all afternoon today isn't it I think I read that God, thank you for sending the rain. Thank you for for watering your country. We thank you for bringing water and sustenance to your people. Thank you, God, for my family. I thank you, Jesus, for Daddy and for these children. I thank you for the child you're growing in my womb. This is your baby, and we just give his life to you. We give the lives of all our children to you. I know they belong to you, and I'm grateful for that because you're the best parent for them. And so, Lord, teach us teach us how to raise them. Teach us how to do the right thing for them and how to, how to shepherd their hearts, God. God, I ask that you would open all of us up to your purposes and your plans, that we would see with spiritual eyes, that we would know you with our hearts, that we would... Oh, that we would be um, open to your instruction, open to your correction, no. that we would all desire you more than we desire our own, um, our own whatever. God, would you match our desires to yours? Would you help us to be thrilled by everything that you are thrilled by? Help us to walk in your ways. Help us to um, be righteous before you. God, we ask for right standing before you. Um, we ask that you remove sin from our lives. We repent of sin in our lives. She's so super loud for this. Um, yeah, we repent of uh, short tempers or... Any laziness or any time we don't see what you want us to see. We repent of on our children's behalf of quarreling. Um, can you take that book away from him then? Yeah, thanks. We repent of on their behalf of attitudes or disobedience. God, we ask that or selfishness. God, we ask that you would help them to become selfless 
to put each other above themselves um, and teach us the same thing, God. Teach us the same thing. Uh, We ask for your grace to be upon us. We ask that we would know you better. God, we ask that you would, by your Holy Spirit, translate your word supernaturally so we understand what you want us to learn today. And we pray the same prayer for every listener that, um, that hears us as well. Amen. Okay, Psalms 51. Oh, last thing. We do plead the blood of Jesus over our lives. God, we ask for ministry opportunities. Um, we say to the enemy um, that your plans in the name of Jesus Christ, your plans and your assignments against our family or any listener is canceled. God, we ask for help for Lily, that you would heal her body. We ask for comfort for, that's Grandma's dog, for Uncle Richie. We ask for comfort for Grandma over the loss of Rocky. Yes, Cade. And uh, and I hope that Uncle Richie can travel all over the world next year. Yeah, God, we ask that. You could send Uncle Richie another dog, but set up his life so he can care better for um, for that puppy. We ask that you bring the Jennings their puppy. We ask that you would reveal to the Calantros the spiritual struggle and that you would take care of it, Lord. We ask for healing for Auntie Kathy, that you remove the sorrow from her. Yes, we do. And... Amen. We ask, yeah, we need healing for Grandma, for her stomach pain. And also, I hope it doesn't rain so we can go to the pool and have more stuff to go to. Yeah. But not the dog park. We can swim in the rain. We ask for healing for Grandma's back. God, we ask for salvation for our extended family, for all of them, and that you would... Um, Bring the truth to V, that you would change her life and change her heart, but also um, punish the enemies that work on her life so she truly would become a woman of God. Oh. Amen. That's V, Uncle Richie's friend. Yes, Cade. Yeah. Good question. Good raising your hand. Okay, Psalm 51. Let's see. Psalms 51. Have mercy. This is uh, for the choir director. It's a Psalm of David. And it's regarding the time Nathan the prophet came to him after he committed adultery with Bathsheba. So he did something really bad. Bathsheba was the wife of another man. And David did something super bad. He made a mistake. Yep. And and he had her husband set up so that he would die. He sent him to the front line of a war. He knew that he would die. So he plotted his death. I mean, he didn't kill him with his own hand but he definitely killed him with that command that was intent to kill so here's his response so Nathan came to him to correct him Nathan the prophet 
And that's a mercy of the Lord, right? When somebody gives you a word of correction, it's the mercy of God to come help you and help you get better. So David said, Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Blot out the stains of my sins. Oh man, it is hot. Are you warm? You're not? I'm not. Can I open this, or is the AC on? I mean, it's set to go off. Just open it for right now. Wash me clean from guilt. Purify me for my sin, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner, yet from the moment my mother conceived me. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the womb. Or from the heart or from the inward parts, teaching me wisdom even from there. Did you see how beautiful David is? He's admitting his sin to the Lord. He said, you're right to punish me. He said, I've actually, I've, I've sinned against you. I've done what's evil in your sight. So he's asking God for help. He said in verse 7, purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Guys, this is such an important prayer. Do you understand his prayer? This is a prayer everybody should say. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. And then David makes a promise. You know what he says? Then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. This is one of daddy's prophetic verses that I had over daddy. That he would teach God's ways to rebels and that they would return to the Lord. Cade, you've got to use your voice. Cade, if you want something, you can't just grab it. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God who saves. Now here he admits that he, he had arranged for her husband to die. He says, forgive me for shedding blood, O God who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You know I pray that prayer a lot. You do not desire a sacrifice or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Look with favor on Zion and help her. Rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. No, he's saying help Israel now. 
Then you will be pleased with sacrifices offered in the right spirit, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will again be sacrificed on your altar. This is one of my, I think, one of my favorite psalms. All right, Luke. 14. Oh, you're going to hear hear about Jesus healing on the Sabbath again. He's going to teach us about humility. He's going to teach you through another parable called the parable of the great feast. And you're going to know the cost of being a disciple. Well, at least you'll know it by hearing it. You, you don't really know the cost of being a disciple until you've completed your life. All right. So first, Luke 14, Jesus heals on the Sabbath. One Sabbath day, Hope, listen. Jesus went to eat dinner in the home of a leader of the Pharisees. Hope you're not listening and Cade, you're instigating. All right, listen. Good. And the people were watching him closely. So why were they watching Jesus? They were interested in everything that he did. And there was a man there whose arms and legs were swollen. He had dropsy. Do you know fish get dropsy when they start swimming upside down? Fish can get dropsy too. Jeez, it's a disease. They can't control the direction of their body, so they start going, ooh, and it's not good. Yeah, because they're sick. I'll tell you. Dropsy. In fish, a condition when fish have hugely swollen bellies. Stop touching. Stop touching. I'm telling you about it, and then I'll turn it around. Go back to your table. Um, the belly drops down. Well, I think I had... Dropsy in fish is a cluster of symptoms... It's an infection in bacteria in aquariums. Healthy fish don't pray fall to the disease, but if their immune system's been compromised, they could be stressed out. Skin lesions appear, the belly fills with fluid, internal organs are damaged, ultimately the fish will die. Even if you treat the fish quickly, the mortality rate is high, that means they're very likely to die. Uh, successful treatments real unlikely unless the fish is diagnosed in the early stages of infection. Symptoms, so scales stand out with a pine cone-like appearance. Their eyes bulge, their gills get pale, their anus becomes red and swollen, that's their booty. Their feces are pale and stringy. They get ulcers on their body on the lateral line. Their spine gets curved, they get fin clamp. They get red in their skin or their fins. They're lethargic. They don't eat. And they swim near the surface. So I was wrong. It's not like they flip upside down. This is a a betta with dropsy. Daddy, can you take the coins away from Luke? He's trying to eat them.
Okay, now if you get. You want to see a different? Yeah, yeah. Do I'll one show on you another. Do one on the shark. I don't know if sharks get dropsy. Here's more fish with dropsy. It's not happy. Those are some fish that are feeling real bad. All right, let's tell you. Don't see a guy with dropsy. Dropsy. Humans. Alright, this is how dropsy happens in people. See how swollen they are? See that? This is real. See how swollen they are? Very painful. It's it's all swollen. They're telling you what it looks like to have dropsy. I showed you. Okay. I showed you. Last time. Hey, kid, be encouraging. You saw. Okay. So there was a man there whose arms and legs were swollen. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in religious law, is it permitted in the law to heal people on the Sabbath day or not? You know what they did? They wouldn't even answer. They refused to answer. Jesus touched the sick man and healed him and sent him away. Then he turned to them and said, which of you doesn't work on the Sabbath? If your son or your cow falls into a pit, don't you rush to get him out? And again, guess what? They could not answer. The Sabbath has a lot of laws to follow. What are they, like 600 and something laws you're supposed to follow on the Sabbath? The Sabbath? The Sabbath. Let's look it up. The Sabbath. Was how many? Oh, 39 categories prohibited by rabbinical law on the Sabbath. 39 laws. You can't even tear toilet paper on the Sabbath. You can't turn on a light. Hope, you go sit down. Okay. Can you read them all? No, not right now. I'll give you an example of some of this, the um, ones. Okay. You cannot plow, plant, reap, gather, thresh, winnow, sort, grind, sift, knead, or cook. You can't do any of that. You can't even... You can't... For clothes, you can't shear, scour, card, dye, spin, warp... Make loops, weave, separate threads, tie, untie, sew, or tear. For hides, you can't, like for um, leather, 
You can't trap, kill, flay, cure, smooth, score, or measure. And for building, you cannot write, erase, construct, demolish, extinguish a fire, ignite, um, complete, transfer. The exception is saving a human life. So you get it? Okay, that was quicker than I thought. Okay, now you're going to hear Jesus teach about humility. When Jesus noticed that all who had come to the dinner were trying to sit in the seats of honor near the head of the table, he gave them this advice. When you're in, what is he going to say? Hope and, hope and Luke. Okay, need a spanking. I'm very sorry. I don't think that's what you're not where you should Look be. I do this every day and I'm not. So give me the spanky stick. We're going to do this better. Am I yep. Jesus is going to say, don't sit in the seat of honor. Or else with so many more important comments, you'll have to sit in the seat of not honor. And they will sit in the seat of honor. So if you sit in the seat of not honor, somebody will say, here, you sit in the seat of honor. Good job. Now, if you get out of your seats again, I'm going to use this. Sit down. When you're invited to a wedding feast, don't sit in the seat of honor. Where's the seat of honor? At the head of a table. What if someone more is who is more distinguished than you has been invited? The host will come and say, give this person your seat. Then you'll be embarrassed and you will have to take whatever seat is left at the foot of the table. Instead, take the lowest place at the foot of the table. Then when your host sees you, he will come and say, friend, we have a better place for you. Then you will be honored in front of all the other guests. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. What does this remind you of? Those who are first will be Laster. and those who are last will be Firster. first then he turned to his host when you put on a luncheon or a banquet he said don't invite your friends brothers relatives and rich neighbors for they will invite you back and that will be your only reward instead invite the poor the crippled the lame and the blind then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. This is um, truly a hard vo- verse to follow. Do you know what Jesus is saying? He's saying... Um, I don't think he's literal. But I think he's saying... Um, if you see somebody that society would say is gross, you should reach out to them, right? And treat them like your family. And then I may, I mean, I, I think it has two meanings. One, um, definitely go out of your way for people that society says are not worthy.
What's the do? Um, maybe he needs a bath. He's just probably got juice all over him. And I think he's saying, don't look for payback from humans. Some humans only do things for other people when those other people can give back to them. And Jesus is saying, that's not right. Okay. Hope, you got to listen, honey. All right. This is the parable of the great feast. So this is a story. And let's see if you can figure out what Jesus is saying. Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Or like to eat bread. So Jesus replied with this story. Hope? Daddy, will you give Hope a spanking, please? Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. Does she know why? No, I don't, even, I don't know either. Because she's sitting there going, rock, paper, scissors, shoot, and she's not listening. You're not listening, Hope. Stand up. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready... Okay, Hope, you need to say sorry. Daddy's that she's He sent a servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I just brought a field and I, I must expect it. inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five pairs of oxens, oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant has done this, he reported, there is still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so the house will be full. Stop! For none of those first invited will even get the smallest taste of my banquet. What does that mean, guys? Yeah, don't make excuses. That's good. Good summary. You know, the people that didn't come, they were prideful. And they they prioritized their own agendas before the Lord's. And what does the Lord think about that if we put our own agendas before him? He says, no way, man. And you know what he had just done? He had gone out of his way and spent a lot of money... To make a nice experience for these people. And they didn't realize it. They didn't appreciate what he did. That's why he said. Well just go get anybody. And he. And really this is an invitation for everybody to salvation. That's the analogy here. The banquet table. The marriage supper. It's an analogy. For. People coming to salvation. 
Let me tell you the cost of being a disciple now. A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be disciple. my disciple. Does God really mean hate everybody? Does God really mean that you should hate everybody? God said, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Does he mean that you should hate everybody? What does he mean? You should love everybody, but who should you put above everybody else, every human? The Lord. The Lord. Because we don't have fear of man. We're warned all the time, don't cowtail the people. We should only try to please who? God. That's right. Micah, don't distract them. He said, but don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money. And then everyone would laugh at you. They'd say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. What, Cade? Good for you, Cade. That's great. That's wonderful. I'm really proud of you. Daddy, did you hear Cade? He said at Davy KOI, he told a man who didn't believe in God who God was. That's awesome. How did he respond? That's awesome. Can I go? He said that was his What king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat 20,000 soldiers marching against him? And if he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. Salt is good for seasoning. But if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? Flavorless salt is neither is good neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It's thrown away. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So Christians, people that believe in Christ, are, are compared to salt, right? And he says it's good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, you throw it away. What would flavor... Be considered. What would flavor be? Yummy. Yummy. If Christians are salt, flavor is what? Famous. Huh? 
Jesus. Yeah. Yep. The truth, like you could say, flavor is the truth. Flavor is love. All right. We're going to go to Amos 2. You guys are doing a pretty good job today. I appreciate that. It's it's the morning, Cade. All right, Amos two. This is what the yesterday you heard about God judging all of Israel's neighbors, right? And God went down one by one by one, talking about the different nations around Israel, and He was judging them. And one of the things He said was, "You just stood by and did nothing, right?" So He's going to continue saying that, um, and then you're going to hear He's going to judge. Judah and Israel as well. So not only does he judge Israel's neighbors, he also judges Israel. What hope? You need a pencil. Look in Pookie's tray. All right. The people of Moab have sinned again and again, and I will not let them go unpunished. They desecrated the bones of Edom's king burning them to ashes. So I will send down fire on the land of Moab and all the fortresses of Kerioth will be destroyed. The people will fall in the noise of battle as the warriors shout and the ram's horned sounds. And I will destroy their king and slaughter all their princes, said the Lord. Okay, now God is going to judge Judah and Israel. This is what the Lord says. The people of Judah have sinned again and again. Does God love Judah? Yeah. He does. Yeah. And I will not let them go unpunished. Why? Yes, God loves Israel. That's his chosen people. Why would God judge or punish a, a nation? Because they did something sinful. But why would he even bother to correct them? Because he loves them. That's right. He disciplines those he loves, right? Okay, so he says, They've rejected the instruction of the Lord, refusing to obey his decrees. They've been led astray by the same lies that deceived their ancestors. So I will send down fire on Judah. And all the fortresses of Jerusalem will be destroyed. This is what the Lord says. The people of Israel have sinned again and again. And I will not let them go unpunished. They sell honorable people. Do you hear that they're selling honorable people? For silver. And poor people for a pair of sandals. They trample helpless people in the dust. And shove the oppressed out of the way. Both father and son sleep with the same woman, corrupting my holy name. At their religious festivals, they lounge in clothing their debtors put up as security. In the house of their gods, they drink wine bought with unjust fines. Fines. What, Cade? Huh? Yeah, sure. Yes, you can ask Daddy for help if you need.
But as my people watched, I destroyed the Amorites, though they were as tall as cedars and as strong as oaks. I destroyed the fruit of their branches and dug out their roots. It was I who rescued you from Egypt and led you through the desert for 40 years so you could possess the land of the Amorites. Who was their leader when he did that? God led the people, the Israelites, through the desert for 40 years by whom? Moses and Joshua, so they could possess the land of the Amorites. But God partners with man to do, to do those things, right? Yeah, so it was God, but he partnered with Moses and Joshua, right? He said, I chose some of your sons to be prophets and others to be Nazarites. Can you deny this, my people of Israel? See, he calls them my people, asked the Lord. But you caused the Nazarites to sin by making them drink wine. And you commanded the prophets, shut up. So did you know that the God's people was trying to make his own prophets be quiet? Because they got confused, right? They had their priorities out of order. And they didn't want to hear God's correction and instruction. That's why they would tell a prophet to be quiet. So I will make you groan like a wagon loaded down with sheaves of grain. Your fastest runners will not get away. The strongest among you will become weak. Even mighty warriors will be unable to save themselves. The archers will not stand their ground. The swiftest runners won't be fast enough to escape. Even those riding horses... Are you done talking? Yeah. We'll be able to save themselves. On that day, the most courageous of your fighting men will drop their weapons and run for their lives, says the Lord. So was the Lord angry? Yeah. He was angry. Because the Israelites caused others to sin. They sinned themselves. They were ungrateful. They didn't obey the Lord. Those, those things um, make the Lord upset. They also um, mistreated helpless, oppressed people. They had physical sins. They worshipped other idols. So they had a long list of, um, of sins before the Lord. So he was really planning to discipline them hard, in a hard way. This would be a hard discipline. So Proverbs 19, let's learn some wisdom. Are you ready to listen? Yeah. Okay. Better to be poor and honest than to be dishonest and a fool. So, what does the Lord think of dishonest people? Is foolish. Enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. What does haste makes mistakes mean? What is being hasty? Impulsive, quick, like not thinking about your choices. And he says being that way makes mistakes. Well, you can slow down and ask the Lord what to do. That's something you learn over time. All right, here. People ruin their own lives by their own foolishness. And then they're angry at the Lord. Is that fair? 
No. Right? Wealth makes many friends and poverty drives them all away. A false witness... Cade, can you keep your hands to yourself? A false witness will not go unpunished, nor will a liar escape. Hope, did you hear that? Hope, Hope, do you hear what God says about telling the truth? What are we fighting about? You've got to stop. Put your feet on your... Micah, Give, get a spanking from your father right now. Okay. You fight too much with her over this. No. It's well, not okay. Me, it you can use your words. I just did. You can use your words. No, I can't. Get another spanking for the attitude. Do you even feel it? Is your attitude fixed? If she will. What does your attitude have to do with your sister? She's being unreasonable. I'm not even, I don't even have my feet on her seat. She's just mad because they're touching it because these seats are too close together. No, thank you. You're still talking in a way that I can tell you have an attitude. I asked you a question. What is her, somebody else's attitude? have to do with your attitude. It doesn't. Okay, then I want you to fix your attitude. Yes? Mm. Try again. Say a prayer if you need to. Hope? Yes. You, you need to keep your feet on your own seat. Do you understand? Micah, you're kicking her seat. You can get a third spanking now. I'm kicking my seat. I see her seat bouncing because you're kicking her seat. Tell me the truth. Were your feet not touching her seat? They have to be. The, t- the seats are too close together. You're kicking her seat and you're looking at her to make her angry. She's I see angry. your face. I'm talking about your intention. I'm talking about your motive and what's in your heart. Now tell me the truth. What was in your heart just then? To move my feet because I don't have anything to do with Were you trying to annoy her? No. Tell me the truth. No. Do you believe, Micah? Daddy, now can I come out and I'm going to ask for my Do you believe, Micah, Daddy? You can take that up with the Lord. I still feel like your attitude with me is a mountain and a brick wall, and it's not allowing you to be healthy right now in your heart. What do you think? No, I'm, I'm talking to Micah right now. You don't have an answer for me? I don't know what to do about it, Micah. I can't control your heart. You've got to make decisions about how you want your heart to be. Do you understand me? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this. Until you fix your attitude with me, we're not going to get along. So you make a decision how it's going to go for you. 
Many seek favors from a ruler. Everyone is the friend of a person who gives gifts. The relatives of the poor despise them. How much more will their friends avoid them? Though the poor plead with them, their friends are gone. To acquire wisdom is to love yourself. People who cherish understanding will prosper. A false witness will not go unpunished and a liar will be destroyed. It isn't right for a fool to live in luxury or for a slave to rule over princes. Sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. Cade, what does that mean? Sensible people control their temper. That's good. Good. You would pray. How can you earn respect by overlooking wrongs? Uh, hmm. Like David did when he listened to the girl. What does it mean to overlook a wrong? When you overlook a wrong, would you ignore that the wrong was done? Or would you react to it? You would ignore. You would ignore it. You could earn respect by overlooking wrongs. There's a phrase called picking your battles. And some things are worth you speaking up about. And other things are not. And you have to ask the Lord each time which one you're looking at right now. Because I tell you, every human gets insulted all day for various things. Every day, you're going to feel bothered by somebody else. And every time, you have to ask the Lord, is this something I should react to or not? The king's anger is like a lion's roar, but his favor is like dew on the grass. A foolish child is like a calamity to a father. What is a foolish child? What is a foolish child? He's in the tub. A child that doesn't know what to do. Not dumb! Foolish doesn't really have to do with knowledge as much as it does with what? Yep. Uh huh. With wisdom, right? With wisdom. So, what does it mean to be a calamity? What does it mean to be a calamity? A calamity is like a real problem. A foolish child is a calamity to a father. So, here's uh, something that you should know when you're picking a wife and you can pray for your future wife. A quarrelsome wife is as annoying as constant dripping. What does quarrelsome wife mean? Um, a wife that like, gets mad or gets fights. That she picks fights with you, right? Why? That she... Hey, that was... Hey, can you push 
She bickers with you. She argues with you, right? It's annoying. It's constant dripping. Do you know that there's a way of torture that has been used where there's a constant dripping of water on somebody's forehead? That's actually a form of torture. That's what I'm telling you. It's just a drip of water on somebody's forehead for days and days and days, months and months and months. And a quarrelsome wife is as annoying as that. I don't know. I've not not been the victim of that. Once it's been done for hours and days, you uh, you know, it just becomes just drives you crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, Fathers can give their sons an inheritance of house and wealth, but only the Lord can give an understanding wife. So, what should you do? An understanding wife is not going to be a quarrelsome one. Do you get food? What? Do you get food I have no idea. You're not listening. Fathers can give their sons an inheritance of house, houses and wealth, but only the Lord can give an understanding wife. So what should you do? What should you ask the Lord for? An understanding wife. Right? Lazy people sleep soundly. But idleness leaves them hungry. Keep the commandments and keep your life. Despising them leads to death. If you help the poor, you're lending to the Lord and he will repay you. Did you understand that? If you help the poor, you're lending to the Lord and he will repay you. Discipline your children while there's hope. Otherwise, you will ruin their lives. Do you understand if we don't discipline you, what will happen? It says we'll ruin your lives. Discipline your children while there's hope. Otherwise, you will ruin their lives. Hot-tempered people must pay the penalty. If you rescue them once, you will have to do it again. What, sweetie? So, if you didn't discipline me once, I would die the next day? No, you'll ruin their lives. means that if you don't learn knowledge and wisdom and understanding as a young person... The likelihood of you wanting that when you're older is very small. So then you'll follow the way of sin, and sin leads to death. You make wrong choices. That's right. So get all the advice and instruction you can, so you will be wise the rest of your life. Do you understand how that goes together? Get all the advice and instruction you can, so you will be wise the rest of your life. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. Loyalty makes a person attractive. It's better to be poor than dishonest. So what makes a person attractive? Uh, I don't know. Loyalty. Oh, yeah. What does being loyal mean? Like, no stuff? Sticking with somebody. If you have a loyal friend, what do they do? They stick with you in times of trouble, right? Yeah. If you lose all your money and all your... Everything, would a real friend not be friends with you anymore? No. No, a real friend would help feed you, right? Mm-hmm. And that makes that person attractive. It's better to be poor than dishonest. So if you have a friend that loses everything, what should you do? Yeah, you should stick around, right? You don't abandon them. 
fearing fear of the Lord leads to life, bringing security and protection from harm. And so that's why. Yeah, fear of the Lord, respect him, take what he says seriously, treat him like a king, make what he says more important than what people say. That's why you love the Lord more than family, even more than yourself. You give your life up, you give your, you give your own choices up and you prefer the Lord's choices for your life. You give your children back to the Lord and you say, God, these are your children. I'll raise them your way, right? It would feel good to me for a short time to let you guys have whatever you wanted. To not punish you, right? You could just do that for like 30 minutes. In the short term, it would feel good, but you know what the consequences? What would the consequence be? Well, you could just do 30 minutes and then stop. What would the consequence be of doing that? No, there would be a huge consequence for that. What would it be? I know children that are raised with inconsistency. What does inconsistency mean? Mm -hmm. Unclear rules and boundaries. And do you know what that means for a child? They don't feel stable. They don't know what to do that gets them in trouble and what to do that is pleasing and keeps them out of trouble. Do you know what's even worse than getting punished? Not knowing what what you're going to get punished for. Oh. Well, maybe you could try getting punished for, for seeing, and then you, and then no, you could try like seeing what happens and what whatever do this and whatever. Yeah, but what if that kept changing? Like sometimes food fights are great, and sometimes food fights get you ten spankings. Not if you're talking about not having any rules for a period of time. That would be, what if sometimes you were allowed to smack your siblings around? And sometimes if you smacked your siblings around, then you got punished. You wouldn't know what to do when. You would be, you'd feel very unstable. I know people that have been raised like this, and it's, it's very mean for their parents to do that. Do you understand? The parents? I believe parents do the best that they can, but some parents are not very um, um, stable themselves. And if you have a parent who's unstable, they can't give you a stable environment. Can we get a golf cart? No. Um, can we keep it on top of the van? No. Um, can we keep it on top of the van? No. So, lazy people take food in their hand, but don't even lift it to their mouth. You ever see a person want to eat but won't even do the work to get their food if you punish a mocker the simple minded will learn a lesson if you punish somebody who's foolish you can learn a lesson and avoid that punishment yourself If you correct the wise, they'll be all the wiser. Look, it's so pretty. Look, it's so pretty. Do you know what I've noticed in you guys? That you have grown in wisdom over time. There are many, many, many times, more often than less, that you know the right answers. 
and many, many, many more times that you do the right thing than the wrong thing. You've become wiser over time. Do you notice that? No. It's true. It's raining. And you know why you're getting wiser over time? Because God. Because if you correct the wise, they will become wiser, and it is because of God. That's right. So listen, children who mistreat their father or chase away their mother are an embarrassment and a public disgrace. Let's talk about that. That's a good question. How can you chase away your mother? Tell me about it. What do you think? I want you to I want you to see what comes to your heart. I'll read you a different version. You do this. Who is spoiling a father causes a mother to flee. A son causing shame and bringing confusion. I'll read you another version. He that wastes his father and chases away his mother is a son that causes sh- a shame and brings reproach. He who assaults his father and chases away his mother is a son who brings shame and disgrace. You can't think of any way that children can chase their mother away? How? How, kid? There are some sons that mistreat their moms, and they could smack them in the face. How else could you chase away a mother? Being dishonest? What else? Daddy, what are some ways you could chase away a mother? Yeah, you could ignore them. Physical and emotional abuse. Yep. Verbal abuse. Verbal abuse, speaking and disrespectfully. Those are all ways you can chase away a mother. If you stop listening to instruction, my child, you will turn your back on knowledge. A corrupt witness makes a mockery of justice. The mouth of the wicked gulps down evil. Punishment is made for mockers, and the backs of fools are made to be beaten. Okay. Open the window, please. 